Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. We're looking at Jeremiah's day. In Jeremiah's day, they didn't want truth. Is that any different than today's day and age? Uh, They wanted to feel better. And there's a lot of churches you can go to where you can feel better. I will admit that you can go to the living water and the, and the, you know, the, the journey, the, the flowing journey and the catalyst and all these adjectives that they use, but they don't want to put the word church in it or Bible or Baptist or any denomination because they don't care. They just want you to come and feel good. Uh, and you know what they wanted in Jeremiah's day was false peace and false hope. And that's the same thing people want today. They got their hope in all types of things. And in Jeremiah chapter six, let's read uh, Jeremiah chapter six. Let's start reading in verse number 12. And their houses shall be turned unto others with their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand upon the habitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even under the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. You imagine, pre- you imagine being Jeremiah. You got almost, what, five decades of, <laughs> what's the fruit of your ministry? Well, nobody listens. <laughs> nobody comes. No. They don't want truth. Does that stop him from proclaiming it? It sure don't. Look at Jeremiah chapter 8. Jeremiah chapter 8. Start reading. Let's start at verse number 10. Therefore will I give their wives unto others and their fields to them that inherit them. For every one from the least, even unto the greatest, is given to covetousness. There it is again from the prophet, even unto the priest. Everyone dealeth falsely, for they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people, saying, slightly saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Jeremiah chapter 5, we'll do one more in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter number 5, we'll go to the end of the chapter. Verse number 30, a wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests bear rule by their means. And my people love to have it so. That's why Joel Osteen fills a stadium. Right. These aren't churches. These are stadiums that bring masses of people in because they don't want truth. They want false peace and they want to feel better. And Jeremiah's preaching the daylights to this nation. And he seems to be getting to know that. You can't stop God's truth. You can't measure results based on what you see. The result will always be is God being glorified and is God's word being magnified. And then you have done all you can do as a preacher, as a Christian person. That's all you can do. You can't force people to do what they don't want to do. They love, they love to have. And what's ironic is, It's covetousness. We ought to be careful that our hearts don't get too covetous. 
it's easy for that world to pull even the best of Christians into a world of covetousness. So just a little note on that. Now, by the time we get into Daniel's 70th week, which we're going to get into in this message, we're going to see a bit of Israel's history coming back to repeat itself. But before we get into Matthew 24, which we've been there for a while, we're going to we're going to keep moving along. Let's get our second Kings passage. There will be Jews during Daniel's 70th week who put their faith in the words of the Lord. And it will be likened unto when King Josiah heard the words of God. So I want you to stay with me. Second Kings chapter 22. Uh, okay, let's say verse number one. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 30 and one years in Jerusalem. Let's go down to verse uh, number number five. And let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And let them give it to the doers of the work, which is in the house of the Lord, to repair their breaches of the house. Under carpenters and builders and masons and buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. Howbeit there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered into their hand because they dealt faithfully. And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it. Shaphan the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it under the hand of them to do the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah the priest. And Achiah the son of Shaphan, and Achbor the son of Micaiah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Azahiah a servant of the king, saying, Go ye, inquire of the Lord for me. And for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according unto all that which is written concerning us. Josiah's father was wicked, but he wasn't. He found the book of the law. He wanted to do all that was written into it. And he led a battle against all of idolatry. And I'm telling you, idolatry is anything that you and I put before God. Amen. Parents can have their kids as idols. <laughs> Wives can have their husbands as, as idols. Be careful, ladies. <laughs> husbands can have their wives as idols. And like we read about in Jeremiah. Covetousness. That's that's idolatry. <clears throat> it's idolatry. Josiah, his name means God has healed, but his heart was moved, and his heart became tender to the Lord. He wanted to do all that the Lord wanted him to do. This this picture of Israel's history repeating itself in this prophetic fulfillment of Daniel's seventieth week, which we looked at. Daniel uh, chapter 9, verse 24, there was a sixfold purpose of it. We have that message you go through and, and we got six, a sixfold purpose that we find there. 
when God turns back and he's starting to deal with this nation. But they're going to be believing Jews that are truly sorrowful for their sin and the sins of their fathers. They're going to be aware of impending judgment. Many are going to reject Christ's message and this message of judgment, and they are going to look for alternatives, just like people do today. Anything but trust Jesus Christ. You tell them, don't put your faith in the king of ears. You need to put your faith in the king of kings. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. And they walk right in and drink it up. It's the same thing. They're looking for alternatives and they won't find peace. They won't find joy. They won't find any of the fruit of the spirit that we have as Christians in the bottom of a bottle. They'll find misery is what they'll find. And that alternative is always there. And the devil, let's go over to Matthew chapter 24, will be happy to provide plenty of falsehoods and deception. In Matthew chapter 24, verse uh, number 10, and they shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You can't separate truth and righteousness. You just can't. You're in the truth. You're going to live a righteous life. And lies are going to replace the truth. And during Daniel's 70th week, iniquity will just replace righteousness. And as iniquity rises, as sin rises, love becomes cold. And then it just dies out. We talked about before the deception will abound, the fear will abound, hatred will abound, and it will continue to get worse and worse and worse. And besides the flood of Noah's day, what is going to come will be worse than that. Imagine betraying someone to death and there's no remorse at all. That's going to be what is going to happen during this tribulation time, during Daniel's 70th week. The wicked practice of murdering babies in a woman's womb is horrible. It's absolutely, you can't even fathom how how wicked and destructive and sinful. I can't think of a worse way to just thumb your nose and shake your fist at a holy God. Murdering his innocent. That is going to be nothing compared to what it's going to be like during Daniel's 70th week. Because today, at least we have the Christian man and the Christian woman and the Christian family to say, no, enough is enough. We're not doing that. That's not right. But this deception and hatred is going to get so bad. There's not going to be a Christian remnant around. And. Daniel 70, 70th week, when life loses its preciousness, it's just a bad spot. We're at a bad spot. And it's just the result of what is going to be a seared conscience. We see hatred of life um, in, in this passage as well. The more people devalue human life, the more murder rises. 
it wasn't hard to figure out in 62 they threw out prayer in 63 they threw out the bible and guess what rose <laughs> the murder rate <laughs> the drunkenness rate the all all of it during daniel's 70th week the taking of life will be common there will be no remorse and people will justify it like we talked about before it will be literally the survival of the fittest now so I got to go back and listen to part one because we're going to look at verse number 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Tribulation salvation is not a spiritual salvation. It is a physical salvation. And these tribulation saints are going to be saved physically. They're actually going to live and be able to enter into the millennial kingdom. How do you survive Daniel's 70th week? You don't take the mark of the beast and you are physically saved and you physically enter into the millennial kingdom. None of this has anything to do with your soul being saved. It has everything to do with refusing the mark of the beast. And as a result, you're going to have to flee for your life every day. Every moment is going to be, I want to try to live. They're going to endure to the end or they're going to get caught or they're just going to give up. They're just going to quit. Just give into the lie. A lot of people are going to do that. Okay. Now, why is this passage so important? When you teach the Bible, and I don't have all the answers to the Bible, believe me. When you teach the Bible and you see the word saved or you see the word salvation, it doesn't always mean the same thing. We have to understand by rightly dividing the word of truth, does this mean spiritual salvation or does this mean physical salvation? Is a soul being saved or is flesh being saved? We looked at John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believed in him should not perish. Well, but wait a minute. I know somebody who did perish, and they believe John 3.16. What is that man thinking? He's thinking physical. What was the whole purpose of John 3? Jesus to get Nicodemus to see, I'm not talking physical. I'm talking about a born again, a spiritual birth. I'm going to perish. You're going to perish. So what does John 3.16 mean? You're not going to die? Yeah, you're not going to die spiritually. It's a spiritual salvation that John 3.16 is talking about. We are saved from sin as New Testament Christians, and then we are saved unto everlasting life, and we have a home in heaven. During the time of Jacob's trouble, there is going to be a salvation that is not going to be spiritual. These people will be saved physically and they will enter into a physical kingdom, this millennial kingdom. This is why you see kingdom of heaven passages. Now, let's pick on three groups. Arminius teach that someone can lose their salvation if they fail to endure to the end of their life. And I believe that's a wrong way of thinking. Two reasons. One, it's a false view of spiritual salvation because this passage in Matthew 24 is talking about a physical salvation. 
So I believe when you understand the context of the passage of Scripture, we have to be humble enough to change our view, even if we were taught or read something that contradicts our view. I do. I try to do that. I try to do it. And the toughest thing for people to do, if you're, if you're a guy, if you're a type A guy, the toughest thing for people to do is just to admit they're wrong. It is. You, you can't lose. You don't have to endure to the end in order to keep your physical salvation. But you do have to endure to the end in order to survive what's coming in Daniel's 70th week. The Calvinist says this. The Calvinist laughs at any notion that would even suggest that the elect can do anything except remain saved. And they'll typically say the elect will endure because salvation doesn't depend on what they do or don't do. They're elect. And they teach that the promises that God gave the nation of Israel were now assumed by the New Testament church. If this is for Israel, and now it's assumed by the New Testament church, the Calvinist has a problem because now you have to make a choice to endure to the end. And you have to make a choice to keep commandments. You have to choose endurance, or you have to choose to give in to the lies and deceit. And so I believe it debunks that, that view. The dispensationalists, we'll pick on the dispensationalists too. Some of them believe that salvation during Daniel's 70th week refers to a soul's salvation and not physical during this period. So I believe the Arminius, the Calvinist, and the dispensationalists can get off track. You don't endure to the end to be saved to go to heaven. We as New Testament Christians, we are saved from what? Sin. Unto what? Eternal life, everlasting life. During Daniel's 70th week, what are you saved from? Death. You're not going to be killed. And you're going to be saved unto what? A kingdom, a millennial kingdom. I want to be a Bible believer. I want to just try to teach the Bible. And, and I, so I hope you understand those, those three views. And try to understand the, the context. People say, well, are you sure? Are you sure, Brother Jimmy, that this is physical salvation? Let's run three cross-references because that's how we get truth, right? We let the Bible interpret the Bible. So in, in Matthew chapter 24, we saw that, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Look at verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no soul be saved? No, it says, should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. We'll get to those shortened days in just a minute. Mark chapter 13. Let's get our cross-reference in Mark. We'll see it again. Mark chapter 13, verse number 20 it is. Watch it again. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. We're talking about a physical salvation. But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened 
the days. And then the last cross reference to that would be Luke. We'll go over to the book of Luke in verse uh, chapter 21. <clears throat> Luke 21 verse number eight and said, take heed, be not deceived for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near, go ye not therefore after them. When ye hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Verse number 18. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. That's physical. A hair on your head perish. That's not spiritual. Salvation. That's not John 3.16. This is no a flesh being saved or flesh not being saved. Not a soul. Not a soul. It's not spiritual. It's physical. What did God? Pro okay, go back to Matthew 24. This really got me. I really like this. This really got me. What did God promise to shorten? In Matthew chapter 24. Look at it. Yeah, look at verse 22. Matthew 24. Verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. If the days aren't shortened in some way, shape, or form, then believing Israel would have a much harder time enduring to the end you take a day and instead of 24 hours you shorten it and if people are after you trying to kill you you're going to have a better chance of living except those days be shortened if the days are shorter more people will be saved physically now stay with me because if you still don't get the physical versus spiritual Stay with me. If the days, if this was spiritual salvation and the days were shortened, you got a problem. Because less souls are going to be saved. I'm telling you, this is physical salvation. This is enduring to the end. This is keeping God's commands and not taking the mark of the beast. And doing what God told you to do so that you can get into that promised land, a.k.a. the millennial kingdom. What happened in Exodus? They exited a physical land. What happened to Numbers? Joshua and Caleb got to go in. But what did they do? They died in the wilderness. Wouldn't let them in. Why? Because they didn't obey what God told them to do. They didn't trust God. And so they died how? Physically. They exited a physical land. They died in the physical land. And some of them entered into a physical land. What's going to happen? When God turns back and deals with that nation, I'm telling you, that picture's there. They are either going to obey the Lord and enter in, or they're going to die. They're going to die at physical death. The more time we have. You go out and you preach a, a fair or you preach some, you know, wicked liquor thing or you preach some, you know, 
some event and you try to get gospel tracks out of your own campus, try, you're praying, oh, Lord, Lord, let me just talk to one more person. Please, Lord, let's have one more hour of light, Lord, please. Uh, Lord, come on. What? And you're praying to yourself and you're thinking, Lord, no, just one more wave of people. One more wave of people, please, Lord. I just want to tell them that Christ died for them and they can find forgiveness of sin. And God will give them a, a new appetite. Come on, Lord, please. We want longer days. We don't want shorter days. But in that tribulation, if you're going to be saved physically, you better believe it. You're going to want a shorter day. You're out witnessing right now and so and see, you're going to want a longer day. But spiritual salvation, it makes sense that we would want more time because we want more people to have the opportunity to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. Those who endure to the end are saved physically and they enter into a millennial kingdom with their physical bodies. Saved in scripture is used to describe physical deliverance in other places. Let's wrap up with um, three, three scriptures here. Because even we as believers have the application of both types of salvation. When we're born again, what happens? We have a new birth. We all know what that is. That's basic Bible 101, right? You must be born again. We have a spiritual birth. We're quickened. What's redeemed? Our flesh? No. Our soul, right? Our spirit. We have the Holy Spirit indwelled in us. But if, if you're a parent or you've been around young people and they get saved, that's great. They got saved on Sunday after church. Well, praise the Lord. And it was genuine. It wasn't this you know, repeat a prayer or, you know, all this junk that goes on. And it was, it was genuine. They repented. They knew they were a sinner. They trusted Jesus. Okay. When they go back home, do you think that's going to mean they're not going to fuss with the sister or brother? It ain't. Because the soul ain't saved. You know how many couples are married? Or because their flesh isn't saved. Their flesh isn't saved. <laughs> You know how many people are married that are saved and they're going to find something to fight about? What is that? That's the flesh. Because our flesh isn't saved, Romans 7. Oh, wretched man that I am, there is this battle. Our soul is saved. But in the future, get Romans 8, we will experience another salvation. <clears throat> Romans 8.23 And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. That adoption involves a redemption of our body. That's going to be a physical thing. Our soul's already taken care of. There's going to come a time where we're going to have a glorified body. And that is, that's a physical aspect. So even we as believers have both of these aspects. Look at Romans 13. Verse number 11, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, 
For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. This adoption, this salvation, it is nearer as time goes on than when we first believed. So this salvation or this adoption that we saw in Romans 8 and 13, it brings believers, now watch, into a physical kingdom? No. Into a spiritual, heavenly kingdom, either at death or at the catching away of the saints. Second Timothy 4, last one. Second Timothy four. Last verse. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his. There it is again. Heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever. And ever. Amen. This heavenly kingdom, this spiritual emphasis is for us as New Testament Christians. When we're caught up, now God's going to start that clock again, Daniel's 70th week, that fulfillment is going to start to come into the view with the nation of Israel back into focus. And it's going to be physical salvation, the physical kingdom to survive. Physically to be saved, and they're going to have to endure to the end, or they are going to lose it. They are going to lose. They're going to lose their salvation, their life, their life. So Jews will receive an earthly kingdom promised to them, and God's promises to Israel were not superseded by the church. We're not in Israel part two, and the church doesn't replace Israel. We're in the time of the Gentiles. And we have a we have a spiritual kingdom to which we are going to. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.